my friends, Dennis Gebhardt here, welcoming you to this episode of Guru in Your Ear. Today, I'm real excited because I have my friend Chris Sulame back with me again. Hi, Chris. How are you? What's up, Dennis? <laughs> it's really great to have you back again. And uh, uh, those of you who listened to our last episode with Chris, I'm sure you got a lot of meaningful information out of that about, you know, how to really, uh, you know, overcome some of the challenges that we do when we're, that we have when we're trying to be an educator or a trainer or wanting to be any one of those types of positions. And so today I thought uh, Chris would uh, come back with us and we'd go a little bit deeper because I've had some feedback from people about some of the other things that people go through when they're wanting to be you know, in front of a group. And as you well know, Chris, they say, the experts say that public speaking is the number one feared thing, even over death for some people. And so when you're in front of your peers, I think a lot of times we assume that they already know what we know. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is sometimes yeah. they don't even know what you're going to say. Yeah. So um, I think it's a personal grounding thing for us. So here's some notes that I wrote, Chris, and then you maybe give me your, 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 your perception on these, what you think of them. I, I wrote down internal voice, you know, that little voice we all have in our head, uh -huh. a little voice that goes, yeah, but what if, uh -huh. are you sure you can do it? Uh -huh. so how do we get past that? Or do we get past that? Yeah. And I mean, mine's a little more extreme. I wish mine just said, yeah, but are you sure you can do it? Mine, <laughs> mine says no freaking way. Um, you're, you're, you're not good enough. You, you know, you don't yeah. even belong here. Um, right. look at all these other people that have done, you know, far more than you'll ever do. And that's, you know, I think when you, when you approach a topic like this, I feel like it's helpful to really speak directly to, the fact that this isn't just I'm a little bit afraid to do it. This is absolutely not. You know, yeah. if you talk to somebody that does not want to stand in front of a group, they're not they're not saying, oh, maybe I'll try it next Tuesday. They're saying freaking never. Yeah. Over my dead body. So I, I say that to say um if that's what you feel, but you feel like you have a message, it's perfectly normal. Now, I, I refer to mine as the uninvited house guest. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about this, you know, there's a lot of metaphysical directions you could take a conversation like this, right? Um, yes, people talk absolutely. about consciousness. People talk about, you know, uh, the fact that the ego and the self are two different things, you know. And I think those are all valuable depending on which one you kind of lands with you and speaks, right. you know, sort of speaks to you. I realized at some point that most of my thoughts are false. They're, they're, mm -hmm. they're untrue. In fact, there's a scientific study. You'd have to find it. I, I, I won't do the, uh, the, the digging for you. Right. Um, but I was listening to somebody talk about it that said almost 50% or more of your memories, the way you remember things are inaccurate. And, you know, if somebody gets into a car accident um, and then, you know, one party goes to the police and they tell them what happens and the other party goes to the police and tells them what happens, they get two very different stories based on your perception. So here's what I want to speak to for a second. Your perception about you is far and above false. Um, uh, 
both maybe in the positive direction and the negative direction. You know, there are times where I overqualified myself for a thing that I wasn't qualified for. But one, but one thing you are qualified for is when you've had an experience in a thing where you used to not know it, you then got good enough at it to use it in your life to create some kind of betterment, whether that you created more income, whether that you did some hair, whether that you, you know, um, what whatever it is, formulated right. a hair color, learned a skateboard. If you used to not know how to do it, you learn the thing, and then now you feel good enough at it that you want to share it with somebody that's not at your level yet, or even just has different experience, then you're worthy. You know, it does not mean, um, you know, one of my heroes is Tony Robbins, right? As a speaker, it's like, oh, yes. Right. Remember seeing Tony as a kid. I went to all of his stuff and I'll probably, you know, I don't think I'm delusional here. I'll probably not ever get to Tony's level. Right. But I don't have to. Right. You know, right. the who I have to affect if if I want are the people that are sitting in front of me in that room with a with a certain select bit of knowledge in that window of time we have to share. And if I can spend more time, number one, just understanding that my head, my brain is always going to lead me in the wrong direction here. My brain's going to say, get off the horse, get off the bicycle, go run and hide. You're going to get hurt. And what's great is the the audience, at least in the United States, isn't allowed to kill you, um, even if you're terrible. So that's an, that's a good thing. You're probably going to live through it. Yes. And um, I actually play a little game with myself when I have a long uh, event coming up. If if I happen to be nervous about it, which sometimes still happens, but I'll be honest, it's not that often. But it what for a long time, I had all of the voices, all of the right. self-doubt and, and more, you know, to where it was, it, I was in such paralyzed fear of what will they think of me? You know, basically, will I not be enough? Somehow walked through that. And, you know, there's a part of public speaking, teaching, being on camera. That's somewhat masochistic because in the beginning, Almost nobody really wants to do it. You know, if, if you right. do want to do it in the beginning, right, you've got a little bit of sociopath in you and that's probably working for you. Right. I might have a little <laughs> bit of that. I'm not sure. Um, kidding, by the way. I don't, yes. you know, but um, so what do you do with the voice? You hear it. You acknowledge it. And then what you do is you come up with some kind of ritual for yourself. Now, I have a friend named Amber. She says before she goes on stage or speaks or starts a class, she excuses herself. She goes to the restroom and she washes her hands. And that's kind of her way of cleansing off whatever it is. And right. boom, now I'm ready. Right, um, right. I have other friends who go say a quick prayer somewhere. I used that for a long time, you know, and I would say these exact words like, God, please put the right words in my head because right now my mind is blank. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, yes. You know, and please help me to make it about the group. Right. Uh, now I sort of just deep breath, big smile. I, I, I engage my face because that sends neurons throughout the body to tell, and it tells your body you're happy. That's another study that's been, you know, documented a hundred different ways. 
Right. Um, and then it's go time. And the last thing I'll say on this, because you know I can be very long-winded on topics that I'm passionate <laughs> about, is it really helps if I planned and prepared. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting that you were talking about facial expression and voice and all of that, because you, know, you and I have had the same basic training where we talk about auditory, visual, and kinesthetic learners and things like that. And sometimes your body, your facial expressions can be giving a completely different message than yeah. your words. So it, it, those things are important to practice so that you are prepared out there and you, you know, you're set. So, you know, you're going to have a big smile on your face. That energy is going to go to the, to the people in your group and you're going to feel in that quiet space where you're okay to have that conversation. Yeah. And you know, I want to say something to that because it's a, it's a great point. <clears throat> There are people that have no public speaking training or technique that you and I would listen to all day long. Oh, yes. So <clears throat> the deeper your relevance and connection with the group that you're speaking to, the more leeway you have. If you really suck and you have no idea about the topic you're talking about, <laughs> then it's a problem, right? Right. If you have great speaking skills, which sometimes I feel pretty good at, then you can squeak by sometimes in topics by using facilitation skills. Right. By asking a question to the room, by asking the group, tell, tell me your experience with that. Why did that work? How come that didn't work? Tell me what happened there. And, you know, you turn and put the pressure on the group that, you know, I learned that yes. it always sticks in my head that Johnny Stilato taught me that first. Right. I've heard it in many different ways since that time. But right. that's the that's the teacher who stands out for me. And, you know, I didn't want him to be right about that. Not that he made it up. But lo and behold, later on in my career, having a shift from let's say one brand to another or one topic to another. Now right. I'm speaking in a different space, personal development. Right. And I have no training in the space other than life skills. Sure. Right. And lots of outside courses, trainings, but no, you know, right. I don't have a degree. Right. And I'll lean a lot of times on those foundational skills. Those are learned skills to deliver my message as crisp and clean as possible while I work it out. Right. So skills for speaking help you to work your message out. But if you don't have relevance yet, it's all you always have to go back and get that first, or at least you want, you want, you want, you want it to catch up as quickly as possible. Right. So that leads me to asking you about the story. You know, when we do trainings and we're training trainers, we always talk about, well, technically it's called the earn the right, the ETR, uh -huh. Uh -huh. you know, what makes you relevant with the group and what makes you authentic and what makes you uh, someone that they want to listen to. Uh -huh. And what I, I hear oftentimes in trainings 
people say, well, I don't have a story. And I say to them, you do. You probably mm -hmm. have more than one story, but mm -hmm. you have to you have to go find that story sometimes. And you have mm -hmm. to maybe sometimes find a story. One thing I always try to do when I'm doing a program, try to make sure that one of my stories is relevant to what I'm teaching so that mm -hmm. they understand that I've been there. So that I have some relevance to that to that topic. Um, how do you feel about how helping people find their personal story? You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, the what I want to say about that is different language lands with different people. Um, at some point, you know, I learned that language, earn the right, and at some point, I'm not sure if I was just being a, egotistical. Or that language was no longer landing for me. I was, you know, because maybe it was adding to my fear. Oh, my God, I have to earn the right to be in front of this room. Wow. And I've already done that with my past experience. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the fact that I've been given the opportunity to speak here. Right. So I'm I'm standing in front of you which means somehow, some way in life, I've been given this right. Now, what I do with that is a whole different thing. So I've flexed that language a little bit in my own head, maybe right. to help me feel more comfortable. Um, I'm I'm going to earn a little credibility with the room because I do need street cred if I want them to listen. Yeah. Right? And in order to do that, I need some experience, a.k.a. story, AKA an example that it could be me. It could right. be somebody else. Right. It could right. be, I don't have to. So I think we get hung up sometimes on language. Earn the right was one for me. So I've, I've changed it to earning credibility mm -hmm. or earning relevance or just being relevant. I don't even have to earn it anymore if I'm in front right. of you. Right. But what I, but the, what I love, what's important about the word earn here is it's to keep in mind that most audiences, if you don't grab them pretty quickly, right, you are earning their attention, right. So right. you do have to you have to be relevant enough, fast enough that I'm willing to engage and listen to you for for the rest of this time. Now, I've adopted a method that I learned from somebody else. I call it Story Teach Tool. Well, Dean Dean Graziosi calls it that. Yeah. And uh, I've adopted, I've flexed the language a little bit. I sometimes say story, lesson, resource, um, or example, lesson, resource. And it's given me a flow in how I deliver information. Right. Okay. So let me give you an example of this. Sure. Um, let's say we're talking about business building uh, or hair color. What's, you know, it, it okay. could be anything, right? All right. Um. <clears throat> And I'm going to teach um, toning for just for the sake of it. Last week, I was at the shampoo bowl. My coworker looked over at me and her face was white. <laughs> she had pulled the lightener off too soon. Okay. That's a story. Yes. Right. I don't have to tell some long drawn out story. And I think we get a little hung up. What I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm placing relevance on the fact that we're about to talk about glazes and right. I've got some experience here. And last week is a shining example. Right. So boom, her face was white. She took it off too soon. 
Now I could end that. I could end that entire story or example with, "What do you think happened next?" Right. Right. We all ran to the back room. Right. Now, boom. Now, in the back room, we had to take a look at what level she saw when she started to take it off. Did she see orange? Did she see yellow? Did she see pale yellow? Why did she pull it? Did she see it in weird light? Right. So now we're talking about glazing and we're talking about lifting it to the level. So now I've given the example or the story. Right. It doesn't have to be a novel. No. I'm now sharing the lesson. She pulled it off. I said to her, Julie, what color is it? She said, orange. I said, red orange or more like a orange yellow? Oh, I think I still saw some red in there. Okay. Class, what level is that hair that's, that she just pulled out of the foil? If there's still some red in that orange, it's out on it, right? So, right. That, so that's how that gets shared and then from there now what's my resource or my tool and my tool might be the the color the color lifting chart okay now let's go to the color chart and let's take a look now at or let's pull out your color swatches and let's take a look at so the story is just there number one it kind of breaks the ice a little bit i though i hate that term um eases your mind Puts the class in the scenario and immediately what happens when you share a story, an example from your experience or somebody else's, immediately what happens is the person starts to think about their experience. Yes, they do. And so they're really not thinking about you. The, the You know, the greatest fact that could help somebody that has nerves right. is to just remember, nobody's thinking about you. Yeah. Every person in that room is thinking about themselves. When's lunch? I got to pee. Um, how long is this going to last? This is an awesome story. Wow. How can I? Oh, my God. Her Instagram is so great. I want to grow mine like hers. Like, like people are thinking a lot less about you right. than you think. You're and, absolutely right. You know, so. But yeah, nice. I mean, that's and that's that has changed my whole delivery. Um, right. Recently, I spoke to a pretty large group a stage presentation. I work with an audience, no matter how big or small, exactly like I work with a small group. It's a conversation, right. story, lesson, resource, story, lesson, tool. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, in the, in the industry, we always talk about it being, they title it, they earn the right. They give it that acronym, yeah. but it really is a story. And storytellers seem to be people that it when you have a story, people are engaged with you. So I love the way you say that, you know, uh, story, yeah. lesson, resource. Yeah. Because that's an easier way for people to think about. It. And it eliminates probably some of the fear that they might have. You know, many people misinterpret that ETR as meaning you have to tell people your accomplishments. But sometimes... Right. That it's not your accomplishments Sometimes that are going to win them. Failures, the best. It's your failures. Yeah. That is the yeah. most powerful lesson that you can share with them. Yeah. So I think that is huge, and I think that will be very helpful for our less for our listeners. Let me uh, ask you one more thing, and uh, this information has been great, and I truly appreciate it. Let's talk about you talked about passion, 
just a few minutes ago, things you're passionate okay. about. And um, one of the things that uh, we always try to get people to understand is that passion without purpose doesn't really last very long. When you say, and we're all passionate about what we do, but you've got to have some purpose to that. You know, what's the point of it? You know, I use the statement <laughs> that ignorance on fire sometimes is more influential than intelligence on ice. Sometimes when people say things with lots of passion in their voice, even though it may not be actual fact, people mm -hmm. believe it. And then sure. along comes someone else who doesn't, and, and passion doesn't mean that you're, in my world, it doesn't mean that you're hyperkinetic or anything like that passion it means that they can see or they can feel it from you that that's how you feel about what you're what you're speaking on so mm -hmm. you know what advice would you give to someone about how to find the purpose you know i always say find your why mm -hmm. why are you doing this mm -hmm. to help stimulate that passion mm -hmm. yeah Again, a very talked about topic, right? Passion, purpose, uh, the why. And the reason, you know, when something's talked about a lot, it's because it's important. Yes. Right? We don't usually talk about things. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. <laughs> a lot of things get talked about that aren't very important. But but when, you know, when some when something becomes a foundational lesson that gets repeated and repeated and repeated right. because it works, um, so something drove you to do a thing. Oftentimes you don't know what that driver was. Um, a great example of this, and you know, I don't know if young men uh, will resonate with this more than young women because I'm not, I was never a young girl. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, th there, there was a, I remember there being a competition amongst my guy friends, you know, to be a little, tougher and rougher and um there was some angst that came along with that you know i grew up as an athlete a uh, high school athlete i didn't do anything in college and there was i'd almost call it self-hate in a way you know like right. Ugh, right i used that same energy to grow a business when i was young um, not, not feeling enough. And I was going to prove myself to the world. Now I share that because I wouldn't have been able to call it that back then, but I'm now very clear. I got pretty clear on that in my thirties when going after my goals started to not feel that great. Right. It's, right. it was like, mm, who am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? It's like, I feel like I'm doing this and it just continues to hurt me that was probably and I, I don't know when it changed but it changed late in my 20s or early in my 30s when my focus wasn't like it's me against the world it was like i just don't want people to feel the way i felt right that became my purpose and so in my business i wanted people to have their best days their best weeks, their best years. And I'm talking about my clients at the time, but I'm also talking about the people that I worked with. You know, I right. hired, I hired 
people, some, one in particular who I'm thinking of off the top of my head, but probably many through the years who had seen his, walked in on his second or third father dead on the floor because he grew up in a really rough environment. And it was a privilege for me to be able to offer to him a safer space to grow up and become a business person behind the chair. And then eventually a multiple business owner. Now he owns a few businesses um, because I was able to help him change what his purpose was. His purpose was survival. His purpose was putting some food on the table, not, not waking up in a drug infested environment. Now, why do I take this stuff so deep, Dennis? Because, (laughs) because you, you know, we surface this stuff. Yes, we do. But the reality is, is like, the best teachers many times, not all the time, but many times come from adversity, real adversity in life. They come from single parent homes and they're, they were told they're never going to make it. They come from maybe, you know, alcoholic abusive home. I mean, I'm in recovery myself and I'll tell you, I wouldn't wanted to live with me, you know, uh, back in those days, they, they come from, so the the depth of the I'm not going to be able to do this is so deep that I think it takes a sledgehammer to break through it. Now, if, if right. you didn't go through any of that, good for you. You you know, you ha- you're like just a couple of kicks from the surface of the water to get a good breath. Right. Um, but as any career evolves healthily. Your purpose is always evolving. And I just like to say, if you ever feel like you're in a rut, then you've probably ridden your purpose as long as you can. And now you have a new one and you just haven't found it yet. That's right. Um, I one time I'm a terrible, I'm not terrible at it, but I'm not a great hand drawing artist. Mm -hmm. And, um, I used to fantasize that I could draw good enough on a flip chart that I would illustrate this by saying to get a rocket out of the atmosphere, you need some pretty hefty fuel and some large rockets. Yes. But those rockets eventually break off. And once you're flying, baby, and you're and you're out of that atmosphere, you just need a little push. And so, you know, to me, teaching people is like holding a baby. You know, there's, it just can't go wrong. Right. If you're holding the little baby and that you can smell that little baby and she, or he's breathing <laughs> in your arms and you're just rocking her back and yes. forth. I don't care if you're with one person or 10,000 people. If you can, if you can find that belief that I just shared with you inside of yourself and it, you know, that'll get me through anything. I'll stand in front of any audience. Cause if I have something to share, it's sure. as good as holding the baby. And that just doesn't go wrong. Sure. And you know what, Chris, that is uh, so very, very true. And people who truly do have a passion for teaching and sharing and helping other people find a pathway where wherever it is, and they get the joy of watching people grow. Uh, I mean, it's hard to describe to people what that is like. Um, I told Anthony, I did an interview with him uh, a week or so ago, and I was telling him that um, sometimes we touch people that we never meet. We affect a their lives. 
And I told him of a story where I was in uh, Las Vegas. We were doing the Redken Symposium. And I was in the back of the room. And uh, the room was dark with an auditorium room. Brian and Sandra Smith were on stage. I was just in there. I was on break. I was watching their class. And someone came up and they grabbed my arm. And they said, you don't know me, but two years ago, you did a hair color class. And, and I was I attended that class. And you changed my life as a hair colorist. And I just wanted to thank you. And with that, they exited out the door. And so there I stood in the dark room going, I don't know this person. I've never met them. But what I said to others affected their lives. And that's how powerful what we do as a trainer, as speakers, as educators, that's how powerful it can be. And that's why, you know, when we started the trainer to trainer series, that's why we wanted to be really serious about it because we wanted people to understand that that's a skill set. There's, there's more to know about how to do that than just what you do behind the chair. What you do behind the chair is great. And it's great to share. But if you are really, if your passion is to help people grow, then there's things that can help you get past some of your obstacles that we all went through. You know, that first yeah, time yeah. we got in front of a group, that first time we said to ourselves, oh, what if they know, what if they ask me questions I can't answer? You know, all of those kinds of things. And I think the the way you share the information and, you know, because you've gone through all these different levels of being exposed to different points of view about personal development and things like that. It's that it's helped mold you into someone who really just most of the time I hear you speak, you're just simply having a conversation. And, mm -hmm. and I always say to people, when you get to the point where you can have a conversation with a thousand people and every person in that room thinks you're talking directly to them, yeah. You have reached what I call zone four. <laughs> That's when you have that quiet mind and you are in the groove and you love being there mm -hmm. and you're actually really impacting people's lives. Yeah. That's you know, and I just in case somebody thinks you have to be in zone four, like there are some people that can only learn from somebody in zone one. Yeah, that's true. Right? That Meaning, is true. If I'm a brand new, brand new hairstylist in a salon, I don't want to learn from Chris. I might, I might be able to be influenced by Chris, his right, energy, right. his experience, but I want to learn from Taylor, who started out like I did three years ago. And now she's bringing home seventy five thousand dollars. You know, right. make up make up a number. Right. It looks to me like if Taylor was where I was three years ago, and she is telling me what to do, I can do what Taylor did. I can get there. Right. So we need all levels of people sharing yes. and especially now in salons, I say this to salon owners all the time. Like if you're the one teaching all your classes, you're missing out. Right. You're the wrong person. Cause they don't want to hear from you. 
That's right. You know, and I mean that with love, like have, have Taylor do it, have, right. you know, Logan do it, have Callie do it. Like they don't want to hear from you. You're, you're supposed to be running a business right now. Right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I had Max say that to me one day because when we do classes, you know, I speak, when I talk chemistry, I speak chemistry. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's the language of, of the, of the, of the profession. Yeah. And Chris said, uh, Max said to me one day, he said, sometimes I have to teach it a different way. I have to break it down. And he said, because I speak Gebhardt. <laughs> and I went, what? He goes, I speak Gebhardt fluently. So when you say something, I can then give yeah. them a different version yeah. of it yeah. so that it's easier for them to understand. So you're absolutely right. Achieving those kinds of things are very, very important. And that's why we do need all levels of people. All levels of people need to know that, you know, you can share. I, I don't yep. want people to misunderstand that I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying yeah. is that when you want to really grow people, you know, it's, it's something you have to work on. Yep. It's not just I do great hair and now I can just teach you because I'm sure you've been through the same kinds of things I've gone through when I started out, when you said, how did you do that? And they said, I don't know how I do it. Just watch me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they didn't have the answer for you. Right. And even if you're there, as long as you're willing to have somebody watch, right. You know, you can start to go through the process of right. breaking right. down and going, okay, first things first. I took a side to side section. What do we call that? Horizontal, right? Right. Okay. So, you know, so yeah, the whole thing is a process. I could not, um, I did a very poor job in the beginning of taking people through things step by step. I do a little bit better of a job now, but I've, I lean on stories and examples and then lessons and tools. Yeah. I think in that's order, a great... in order to get me through it, right? So there's a there's a four part, you know, to let you off the hook. You're not the end all be all that they're ever going to learn from. You only have to give them this much. Right. So, you know, if you go in there thinking, I don't know what to say because I got to give them everything. It's like no, just one step at a time. You got them that's for right. an hour. That's right. You got them for an hour. Is going to go by like that. You know. Indeed. So, yeah. So. Right. Well, look, this has been really great. I think we've got lots of great information. I thank you so much for uh, being part of the program. And uh, for our listeners, uh, Chris, what is your uh, Instagram address again? Yes, thank you. And please follow me. I I, I was not active for a year um, because I was changing my brand and what I wanted to speak about. And now right. I'm very active on Instagram. It's at Chris Solomay, C-H-R-I-S-S-U-L-I-M-A-Y. I'm posting daily and sometimes multiple times daily. So if that annoys you, then don't follow me. And um, on TikTok, I'm at Chris Salome. I think it's 1313. Let me look. <laughs> Chris Salome 13. Chris Salome 13. All right. Well, listen, I thank you very, very much. And we invite our listeners to, you can subscribe to Guru in Your Ear. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, anchor.fm you can find us on google podcast there's a whole barrage of different uh, podcast platforms that we are now being carried on uh, it's real easy for you to find our podcast 
all you simply do is go to my bio and Instagram, which is at real captain color, toggle the link tree link. And there's a little blinking button at the top that says podcast. Click that, take you right to it. Subscribe to us, give us feedback. Let us know if we're giving you information that you find meaningful and useful. And uh, let us know if we can help you in other ways. You can send us an email at dgebhardt at guru, uh, gurunation.net. And we'll be happy to uh, address some of the questions that you might have. In any case, Chris, I thank you so very much. Thank you all for listening. So from now until uh, I see you again, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color. Thank you, Chris, so much. You take care, everyone. Happy coloring. See you soon. The preceding program was a production of Guru Nation, a brand neutral educational resource for salon professionals around the world. <laughs>